It's been about six months since I started the Bells and Whistles Theater, which is kind of the creative home of this podcast now. It's where I release all the upcoming episodes, extra scenes, and standalone short stories. I'm working on my second short story now. And if you're curious about how things are going with the podcast, if I will keep podcasting, uh, and if I am able to survive as a creator, I have just published a free episode of my In the Wings Behind the Scenes podcast, where I discuss um, how I feel about the Bells and Whistles Theater in the Lesbian Romantic Podcast and its future right now. So if that interests you, go to patreon.com slash lesbianromantic and sign up for free, and you'll have access to that um, episode of my behind-the-scenes podcast. All right, let's get to this episode. One, two, all right. Hey, it's Sigrid. I hope you are well and safe. I'm doing a lot better, and I'm really excited I get to share a new episode with you today. A big thank you to everyone who is working on the front lines in this pandemic. Thank you so much for your dedication and your help to keep us all going in these hard times. Thank you. All right, let's get to the episode. Welcome to the Lesbian Romantic Podcast. This is The Taste of a Smile, Part 38, That Girl. Lex unzipped her coat. Her hand was shaking. It had taken her longer than expected to get here because of the heavy traffic. Unfortunately, the extra travel time had allowed her to start thinking about what she was about to do. She had felt so determined after seeing Mary all morning. But every step away from Mary had made her feel less and less powerful. By the time she had reached her parents' building, she was absolutely terrified. Still, Lex didn't hesitate to push the doorbell in the lobby of the building. She felt the fear and did it anyway. Now, there was no way back. The elevator was approaching the upper floor rapidly. Lex sucked in air as she braced herself. Lexi, this is a surprise, Betty said as soon as the doors opened. We are leaving for the club in 30 minutes. Lex's mother was wearing neatly pressed slacks and a wool polo shirt. In her ears, small diamonds glittered. I know, but I needed to talk to you. Lex replied and got out of the elevator. She pressed her cheek against her mother's. Betty stepped back and regarded her daughter. You do look better. Are you okay? Lex's shoulders dropped. The worry in her mother's eyes seemed sincere. An aching settled in her chest. Why couldn't her mother be more like this all the time? I'm fine. Lex smiled and took off her coat. I just need to tell you and dad something. Betty cocked her head. Your father is in his study, but I'll go get him. Thanks, Lex replied. She walked over to the large closet in the hallway. It would take her mother a few minutes to convince her father to step out of his study. He didn't like to be interrupted while working. He probably also wouldn't appreciate the surprise visit. With her heart thumping in her ears, Lex walked into her parents' living room. They had moved into this penthouse a few years back, saying they wanted to downsize. There was nothing modest about this place, though. 
On the contrary, Lex had been sad when her parents had sold their old house. It had been the only place where she had felt like home. It hadn't been a warm or even a safe home, but a home nonetheless. Lex lowered herself into one of the plush chairs. There were a dozen of framed pictures on top of the fireplace. In each one of them, her parents were smiling and posing in some faraway country. There were no pictures of Lex. She chuckled sadly and shifted her focus to the large windows. The view of the Hudson River was breathtaking. Lex followed one of the ferries making its way across the shimmering water. She hadn't been on one in ages. An image of Mary in her winter coat on the deck of the ferry popped up in her mind. She smiled and imagined wrapping her arms around Mary while the wind played with her hair. Maybe she could invite Mary for a ferry ride this weekend? Electra, a gruff voice sounded. This is unexpected. Lex shifted in her seat and looked at her father. Walter Emsworth was also wearing his usual outfit for an afternoon of golf. His sweater looked a bit tight around the waist, though. Father, Lex said and got up. Betty had hurried into the room as well. I will put the kettle on for some tea. I don't think that's necessary, Walter said, crossing his arms. Why are you here? You do know your mother and I have plans. Yes, Lex answered. I know. That's why I came now. I knew you'd be home and I wanted to see you both. Betty walked over to a chair by the fireplace and sat down, tucking her legs neatly to the side. Let's sit down, Wally, she told her husband. Lex nodded at her mom, grateful for the help. She doubted Betty would still be as cooperative when she found out what Lex was here for. Walter huffed, making a point of showing his reluctance, but did sit down on the other couch. Taking a seat again, too, Lex said, I want to tell you both about some changes I'm making in my life. Her voice wasn't as steady as she wanted it to be. <laughs> Have you finally come to your senses? Her father snorted. It's too late now. We can't fix this for you. Lex shook her head, annoyed. I don't want you to. Are you moving to the West Coast? Betty asked, sounding hopeful. No, Mom, I'm not. Lex sighed. Then what exactly will you do to put your life back on the rails? Walter asked, crossing his arms again. His gold watch snuck out from under his sweater. I work for Hannah now, Lex said, wringing her hands. She tried not to avert her eyes, but her father's disapproving gaze was increasingly hard to hold. Honey, surely you can do better than being the CFO of a small chocolate company, Betty pleaded. <laughs> a lot better. I didn't pay all that money so you can go play chocolate factory with Hannah, Walter chortled. Lex's jaw tightened. She wanted to defend Hannah, but she knew her parents wouldn't even listen to whatever she said. Plus, that wasn't why she was here. She needed to focus. There wasn't much time. I'm not the CFO. Lex said, straightening her back. Walter tilted his head. Hannah is stepping down as the CEO? What? Lex asked, confused. No, of course not. Betty placed her hands on the armrests of the chair. Then what is your job exactly? Lex's throat grew tighter. I am the store manager in Manhattan. Both of her parents froze in their seats. The look in Walter's eyes grew ice cold. Lex stuck her chin in the air and added, I love my new job. Betty wagged a finger at her, her eyes narrowing. It's that girl, isn't it? She brainwashed you. Lex was surprised that Betty would even remember Mary. 
She had always been quick to put two and two together, though. She must have suspected something the moment she met Mary. She has nothing to do with this, Lex said, trying to stay calm. What girl? Walter barked. The hair on the back of Lex's neck rose in alarm. This was not the direction she wanted this conversation to take. When I went to see Lex at her apartment, a girl stopped by to visit her, Betty explained. She said she was the Manhattan store manager. Betty's eyes flicked back to Lex. I didn't understand why she would know where you live. It's improper, to say the least. A shiver ran down Lex's spine. What exactly are you saying, Betty? Get to the point, Walter snapped. Betty looked at her daughter for a moment. There was a flicker of doubt in her eyes. It disappeared quickly, though, and she said, I think Lex is involved with this girl. Lex's cheeks burned with instant anger. She had never felt so betrayed by her mother, and she had certainly been disappointed by her many times before. Her father snorted loudly. <laughs> That's rich. He moved to the edge of his seat and continued. Is this true? You, of all people, after pulling that stunt? Lex closed her eyes briefly, trying to get herself back together. Her chest felt as if someone just shot her. It was hard to breathe. Her stomach was beyond queasy. Well, Betty joined in. What do you have to say for yourself? The floor shifted under Alexa's feet. She grabbed the couch to steady herself. Her mind raced for something to say in her defense. There was only one thing she could think of. I love her. Walter laughed, the sound of his voice echoing around the room, hard and cynical. You have got to be kidding me. You've lost your mind, Betty gasped. But Lex felt something shift inside her. Oh my God, I love her, she thought. She loosened her grip on the couch and repeated the sentence over and over in her mind. I love her. I love her. I love her. What a hypocrite you are. Her father sneered and pushed himself up. You throw away your career because of some girl whining over a kerfuffle with a senior partner? And now you come here to tell us you've got feelings for some low-level manager at your new job? Lex heard his words, but they didn't hurt her at all. Not anymore. It was as if they kept bouncing off an invisible shield. Everything was slowly coming back into focus. The nausea started to subside. She could breathe again. I'm out of here. I don't have to sit here and listen to this, Walter added and walked away. How can you be so stupid? Betty sighed and got up as well. Meeting her mother's eyes, Lex smiled. That's just it. I think I stopped being stupid. Betty's face contorted in a confused grimace. Walter was still standing in the doorway despite his earlier announcement that he was leaving. With a few quick steps, he was back in the room, towering over her. I won't let you disrespect us in our own home any longer, he hissed. Red blotches had popped up all over his face. Lex pushed herself up, squaring her shoulders. Her nose was just inches away from her father's. He seemed smaller than before. The skin around his eyes had become thinner. I came here to tell you about my new life, Lex said. She felt sweat prickling on the back of her neck, but continued. I don't see how that's any disrespect to you. I just wanted you to know that I'm happy. She stepped to the side and headed for the hallway. 
She knew it would piss her father off even more, but there was no reason to stay here any longer. She had done what she needed to do. Don't bother coming back here unless you clean up your act. Her father barked from behind her. Lex sighed and stopped. She slowly turned around but ignored her father. She searched for her mother's eyes instead. Betty still stood next to her chair. Her face was as white as a sheet. Lex saw the panic in her mother's eyes. Betty had never been mother of the year material. Still, she did love her daughter, even if it was in her own controlling and demanding way. Is that what you want too, Mom? Lex asked. To not see me again? Her tone was calm, not angry or sarcastic. Leave your mother out of this, Walter growled. Lex pretended she didn't hear him and kept her gaze focused on her mother. She didn't have high hopes that Betty would finally stand up to her husband now. She wouldn't let her get away with it easily, though. She wanted Betty to say it out loud. You need to leave, Walter said, his tone increasingly menacing. Standing her ground, Lex raised her eyebrows at her mother, waiting. Betty's eyes darted around the room. She was fidgeting with a heavy gold bracelet on her arm. Mom, Lex repeated, clenching her hands into fists. Betty visibly swallowed and finally met her daughter's eyes again. Her chin was trembling when she started to speak. This was part 38 of The Taste of a Smile. Thank you so much to every fellow romantic around the globe who helped to make this episode possible. Your support keeps me going and I am so grateful. Especially now, I am so happy that this is a listener-funded podcast so that everyone has access to it. And that's possible thanks to you. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, that's it for this week. Keep an eye on the website. Uh, I do try to post episodes a bit early whenever I can. So definitely check out the behind the scenes blog on the website. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.